The Pelicans are on a three-game losing streak, and some of the same issues keep coming up. But what's causing those issues isn't what you think. And the Suns and Jazz may have figured out the blueprint on how to target Zion Williamson. Plus, when will we see some coaching adjustments? Let's break it all down in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go! You are Locked On Pelicans. Your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Monday, and we got a lot to cover after the Pelicans lost, blew a 24-point lead, losing 118-114 to the Phoenix Suns. This game's really interesting. It seems emblematic of the larger three-game losing streak they're on for things that are going on, things that are kind of tough to see that I'll try and explain, and a lack of some adjustments that you'd like to see from this team. So we'll break down the defensive rebounding issue that's not really an issue that has to do with how teams are targeting Zion, and those two are really tied together. Then I want to get into some of the adjustments, some of the referee stuff, a whole bunch of things in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every Every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all completely free, coming to you like no one else is, breaking down everything you want to know about the team. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com, promo code Locked On. So let's get into it. The 118 114 loss to the Phoenix. Sons. There are a number of things that seem to concern people in this one. Devin Booker straight up going off, 58 points on the night for him. Defensive rebounding issues that people really seem to be concerned about. A lack of coaching adjustments, a lack of point Zion, the referees, turnovers. We'll get into a lot of those things in today's episode, but I do think the rebounding one is one that's a slight misnomer. They did have a problem with it at one point in this game, but it has to do with a larger issue of what teams are doing to target Zion Williamson on defense. So that's going to be the first two segments of today's show. Promise we'll get into the refs and all that. That's going to be in the third segment here. So defensive rebounding. I said in... Friday's show, Thursday's show, that I don't really think it's as big of a deal as a lot of y'all are making it out to be. In this game, the Utah Jazz, or the Utah Jazz, the Phoenix Suns had 10 offensive rebounds. 10. That is exactly what the Pelicans give up pretty much on the year. On the season, opponents against them average 10.4 offensive rebounds per game. The Pelicans get a defensive rebound rate of 76.3%. That's 14th in the league. So they're middle, basically they're middle of the pack when it comes to being a defensive rebounding team. That means that opponents grab, what is that, 24.7% of their own misses when you break it down to numbers like that. So 10 sounds right. 
to be perfectly honest, if you're the Phoenix Suns in this game in New Orleans. And in fact, it's it's exactly at the Pelicans numbers all year. New Orleans going into this one was 18 and 10. They're 18 and 11 now. They're clearly a good team. There have been some moments where defensive rebounding has been an issue, particularly these somewhat of these past three games. But overall, it's not like the Utah Jazz or the Phoenix Suns were going and grabbing 20 offensive boards per game against New Orleans. It what comes after the fact of those defensive rebounds or offensive boards, that's an issue. In that second chance points in New Orleans just got slaughtered in that. They let the Phoenix Suns score on basically every single one of those offensive rebounds. That's a problem. And when you look at this game, I think people look at this and it gets magnified a little bit because of what happened in the fourth quarter. Overall, until the fourth quarter, defensive rebounding was not an issue for New Orleans whatsoever, as I don't think it's truly been. In the fourth quarter, however, you saw the Phoenix Suns get five offensive boards, with Josh Okogie getting three of them. Devin Booker got one, and then Jock Landale got one. That's not great, particularly Okogie, which really kept possessions alive, and he grabbed two on one offensive possession, which allowed him to get an and-one score. That's a three-point swing right there. It's really more than that, actually. It's probably closer to a five- or six-point swing in the Phoenix Suns' favor. So getting those defensive rebounds, or lack thereof, the offensive rebounds for the Suns late in the fourth really hurt New Orleans. But overall, I don't think this is as big of a deal as... You might think, I don't think they need to make wholesale changes. A lot of y'all were tweeting at me that they need to go for Miles Turner, who's not the answer to a defensive rebounding problem. You can bring him in to fix other things, certainly not that, and we'll probably need to do a show on him sooner rather than later. So I don't think defensive rebounding is the biggest issue. It just comes up at the wrong time. And at the wrong time, late in this fourth, you could see New Orleans really struggled on the defensive glass. They just wouldn't put a body on people. You had Jonas Valanciunas out there, and in four minutes, he didn't grab a rebound in the fourth quarter. You had Larry Nance Jr. play seven and a half. He had two defensive boards, which is fine there. It's just other guys not boxing out and not putting forth the effort on that. Or, and this is going to tie into what I want to talk about next, people being out of position. On the surface, this is simply like you got to try harder. A lot of what rebounding is, is putting a body on someone, finding the man you need to box out and block out and just do it. As simple as that. And that's something you could definitely see New Orleans miss against the Utah Jazz where people were saying, hey, defensive rebounding is an issue. Again, the numbers don't fully back that up. And I don't even think the eye test backs that up other than these games recently. Players were flying in, grabbing boards, kind of coming on long curls around, and New Orleans just simply didn't have the awareness of where those players were coming from to properly box them out. That's something the coaching staff can help these guys improve upon. It's on them to make sure that, you know, it's on Valanciunas to make sure he's putting a body on somebody. It's also late in a tough game where you're tired and you're spent, and that's going to maybe waver a little bit. Disappointing to say that. Certainly don't want to say that. But at some point, it's you know, it's a way to kind of, I don't know if it's justified, make an excuse for it, or at least understand it a little bit better. And that's what I think you are starting to see. These guys are tired late. They could really use a third big that can really help down low with some of this, and they don't have that guy. So players like Valanchunas, Larry Nance Jr., and Zion are playing significant minutes, and maybe they just don't have the energy for some of those boards. New Orleans also at times runs some small guards out there. CJ, 
shorter, not the best rebounder. You weren't seeing tons of Dyson Daniels minutes late in this game, and he wasn't out there to really make a huge impact on the boards. Same thing for Trey Murphy, who was maybe not getting as many minutes as you want. He only played 30 seconds in the fourth quarter. You feel his length could have helped a little bit. Finding the right combination of players, I think, will help. When you're running a Jose Alvarado, Devontae Graham backcourt in the fourth quarter, you're probably going to have some trouble with rebounds just due to size. Those are adjustments the coaching staff can make. We'll get into that in the third segment. But here's what I really think is causing the Pelicans to be out of position on a lot of these defensive boards, and it has to do with the way teams are targeting Zion Williamson on defense. Let's get into that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. You want to take Zion Williamson over 26 and a half points? Do you want to take his over on assists at seven and a half? You can do that over at Prize Picks, and it's super simple. You pick two to six players, and if they go score more or less than their prize pick projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. And the best part is you're not competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections. And they offer projections on any sport you watch. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. And they also offer safe and fast withdrawals. And they're currently operational in over 30 states in Canada. See the projected numbers, you go more than that or less than that. Over it, under it. It's that simple. Points, rebounds, steals, assists, any sort of prop you can think of, Prize Picks has it. So download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit 100, Prize Picks will give you 100. If you deposit 50, Prize Picks will give you 50. And don't forget, enter promo code locked on and sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is also brought to you by Turo. T-U-R-O.com is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want whenever you want it from a community of local hosts. Browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the US, UK, Canada, and Australia. Book a spacious SUV or minivan for the family road trip. Get a classic or a luxury car for a special event, birthday, or holiday. You want to try the C8 Corvette? I just took a look at New Orleans Turo. You can go rent one. You can get one from Turo, and that's awesome. Test drive the new electric vehicle you've had your eye on to see how, see how it fits your everyday lifestyle and many Turo hosts can even deliver the car right to you. So every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Forget boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. T-U-R-O dot com. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for you all, breaking down everything you want to know about this team, the good, the bad, what's really going on with the rebounding and the defense. We'll get into Point Zion too, and yeah, the refs. And if you want to vendor about the refs, go ahead, leave a comment down below below. Now for your second listen, go check out Locked On Sports Today, the biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less, plus instant reactions, game recaps, and the Locked On's take of the day. Locked On Sports Today, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. So we are talking about the Pelicans blowing a 24-point lead, 118-114, in the second half, even really the fourth quarter, though it started turning in the third. So what went on in this one? You know, was it the defensive rebounding that people were making a big deal about? And look, that came up in the fourth, certainly on some crucial possessions, but that wasn't why New Orleans lost a 24-point lead. Really, if you want to look at the biggest reason why the Suns came back, it was Devin Booker going for 58 points. He was unstoppable. And honestly, New Orleans did not do a good job of trying to stop him. 
So these two things, the rebounding and Booker going for that many points are really tied together, I think. And what you saw was similar to what the Utah Jazz were doing. And against the Utah Jazz, it didn't burn New Orleans as much, but it definitely hurt them. They were targeting Zion Williamson in isolation, individual one-on-one defense. The Utah Jazz were trying to get Jordan Clarkson isolated up on Zion Williamson through switches. Clarkson runs a pick and roll with someone else and New Orleans likes to switch. So you switched the the guard who was defending uh, Clarkson and he switches on to the big and Zion switches on to Clarkson. And all of a sudden now it's Zion versus Clarkson one-on-one. They were putting him on an island. And in those games, I did think Zion did a very good job. And same thing with the Phoenix Suns. They were trying to get Booker on Zion Williamson as much as humanly possible. They were running side pick and rolls. They were running pick and rolls at the top of the three-point line to force those switches. That's what New Orleans likes to do. And in a sense, this is almost the equivalent of playing a zone defense against Devin Booker. You saw New Orleans run a a pure zone at times, but when you're running a switching scheme like that, it's more or less zone defense, right? The pick and roll is being run right down the middle at the three-point line. One guy's got one side, the other guy has another side, kind of as simple as that. And it let Booker get onto Zion, who did a good job of not letting him get to the rim, but he's also a good jump shooter and score. And at that point, Zion's not going to be able to contest nearly as much. Or if he does go too far out to the free throw line, you're going to see, or the the three-point line, you're going to see Devin Booker drive by him. And this happened repeatedly. And New Orleans needs to do a better job of anticipating things like this, because when this happens, even if Booker takes a jump shot and Zion deters him from going to the rim, if that jump shot misses, well, Zion's not down low to be able to secure a rebound. It essentially takes a big away from the basket. And you also then still have a mismatch of a guard on a big And that can be a problem down low. And New Orleans just at that point doesn't have some of the bodies, the energy, the effort as well to get some of those defensive rebounds, hence five offensive boards for the Phoenix Suns in the fourth. And this is where this situation really comes up. Didn't really come up the rest of the time. So that's one thing that both the Jazz and the Suns were doing. New Orleans would try and hide some of this. They would pre-switch off ball. So they would switch Zion and another player so that they knew when the action would come, that they could get the right type of guy guarding Devin Booker. Dyson Daniels, Herb Jones were the two they really liked to use there. And honestly, look, there was no answer. Devin Booker was making shots from all over the court, even with a good contest and a guy right on him. It was just one of those nights, and sometimes that happens for a dude who has scored 70 in the NBA at one point in his career. This dude can just score. When a guy's going like that, at times... There's not a whole lot you can do, particularly if you're playing one-on-one against him. And keep that in mind in a second. So New Orleans would run pre-switches, and then the Phoenix Suns would just run a bunch of off-ball screens till they kind of isolated Zion into the spot they would want. Then they would run the proper pick and roll, the main action, and get him put on Zion. This is just where some of the chess match stuff comes in. And the Suns with Booker, a little bit more patient, can kind of work New Orleans till they get the advantage they want to really try and take advantage of. It's just one of those things. Zion did a good enough job there, right? Like, I don't think anyone's going to say he had poor defense or anything like that, even against the Jazz or this Phoenix Suns one. So, and then it has the bonus effect for the Suns of taking Zion out of the paint. What you would have liked to have seen was an adjustment from the Pelicans coaching staff, from Willie Green, of maybe we shouldn't let Booker go one-on-one. Kind of simple as that, right? Maybe we need to get the ball out of his hands. And it took 
until he was, what, 48 points, something like that, in mid-40s to the 50s before they really started doing something like that. And New Orleans likes this switching scheme. They don't love to run double teams and force other people to try and beat them and get the ball out of the ball handler's hands. They have a lot of faith in their defense and in their defenders. By doing that, you do create long closeouts, problems, and give up wide-open three-pointers, which can burn you, and you've seen that from the corner three in some of these players. But at the same point, right, like if a dude's scorching hot and scoring like Booker is, do something different because that lead kept getting whittled away, whittled away, whittled away till about the middle of the fourth quarter when the Suns took it over. When you realize the momentum's going against you, you probably need to make another type of adjustment. And that's where I thought Willie Green was lacking in this game. At a certain point, run to it, Devin Booker, and live with anyone else beating you. The Jazz did this, right? The Jazz did this to Zion in that first game of that three of the uh, two game set, right? Where they just beat New Orleans by 21, I think it was. They put two on Zion and dared anyone else to shoot, and New Orleans was ice cold. Couldn't make a shot in that game, and they lost by a bunch. I'd rather lose because random players for the Phoenix Suns were making shots, and Devin Booker didn't get almost 60. I don't know. That's me. That's kind of my take on it. I get New Orleans wanting to stay with their principles and what they preach and what they practice. But at a certain point, the inability to try and do anything to slow down Devin Booker really lost New Orleans the game. It wasn't the offensive boards late in the game for the Phoenix Suns. It was Devin Booker not really being felt to, you know, just no one bodying him up, no one slowing him down, no one being able to make him feel the Pelicans defense. That's what I think really hurt New Orleans in this one. Do something, and that's on the coaching staff, right? And they need to be better about some of those things. Realizing that momentum is going with Devin Booker, anything you can to force the ball out of his hands. Pick and roll defense, you can still switch, but maybe trap him there, right? Play some peel coverage on him where you have a guy also trail him from behind. Now, that factors also into the rest, which we'll get into in the next segment. We'll go a little bit long on today's show. It's just kind of a combination of things that maybe make it tough for New Orleans in this. But they needed to have adjusted to what Devin Booker was doing far, far earlier than they actually did. And maybe that would have caused a miss or two or a broken possession for the Suns and allowed New Orleans to kind of just do their thing. But there are other reasons than just that, than just the defensive rebounding, than just the refs that you blow a 24-point lead. A lot of different factors go into that. Let's go into a couple of other ones here coming up next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Refs going away from Point Zion, and there I do think is an issue that New Orleans really needs to try and look at because they miss some real opportunities here to keep doing that and also get Zion some cheap and kind of rest that he needed. That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by ExpressVPN. We all know how ExpressVPN protects your privacy and your security online. But here's something you might not know. You can also use ExpressVPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. Maybe you've run out of stuff to watch on Netflix. It's going to change your world. ExpressVPN allows you to binge The Office on UK Netflix, and it's so simple to do. You just sign into Netflix, fire 
fire up the ExpressVPN app, change your location to the UK, refresh, refresh Netflix, and that's it. And ExpressVPN lets you control where you want sites to think you are located. So you can do this from almost 100 different company or countries. So imagine all the Netflix libraries you can go through. And it's not just Netflix. It works with any streaming service. And ExpressVPN works on all your devices, your computer, your tablet, your phone, your smart TV. And it makes it so easy. And it's the one I use because it's just ridiculously fast. There's never any buffering or lag. And if you want to get some extra months here, so if you want to access hundreds, sorry, of new shows, go to expressvpn.com slash locked on right now, and you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. That's expressvpn.com slash locked on, expressvpn.com slash locked on to learn more. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team, looking at the on-the-court results we're going to be breaking down some trade targets, some trade rumors, the trade assets that the Pelicans have. I'm going to have a guest on this week to talk about the second most important player for New Orleans, too, which I think is an interesting conversation. It's going to be a fun, packed week. Don't forget last week, Antonio Daniels on the show, Larry Nance Jr. of your Pelicans on the show. Subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. So we're still talking about the Phoenix Suns beating the Pelicans 118-124, New Orleans blowing a 24-point lead. You can't really, in my opinion, boil this down to one thing. Offensive boards for the Suns in the fourth, yeah, hurt New Orleans, which is a factor of what they were doing to target Zion defensively. There's ways to fix that. I don't think they have a problem being a defensive rebounding team at all. Anyway, they're middle of the pack. They're not a lead at it, but they are certainly, I don't think, bad. And it's hurt them slightly, though I think there are bigger issues during this three-game losing streak that they're on. The refs in this one, also not good. I don't know what else to say, to be perfectly honest with y'all on this one. The Suns shot way more free throws. 35 to 13. Devin Booker took 15 by himself. New Orleans took 13 as a team. I don't know. At the postgame press conference, Willie Green spoke up, didn't, wasn't asked about it, just unsolicited, started talking about the refs in this one. He's not wrong. I don't know what to say. I've long said the NBA has an officiating problem. You really kind of saw it in this one. It was super questionable how Devin Booker gets those calls, but Zion doesn't. And they're playing similar styles right now. I mean, let me know what you think about the refs down below in the YouTube comments. I, I just don't know really what else to say. It wasn't good, right? And it limited the type of coverage you could play on Devin Booker. If you run peel coverage, what he was doing was anytime he felt any sort of contact on his back, he would just get into a shooting motion, launch a shot, and would get the call. Touch it fouls, yep. Heavier series fouls, yep. He was just getting them every single time. I, I wish I had more for y'all. I don't. I don't. I don't know what else to say there. It's just kind of one of those one of those things, right? The other things, though, that I think are really interesting about this one was getting away from point Zion Layton. This is something that's happened repeatedly. And Zion played the entirety of the fourth quarter. And he did this basically against the Utah Jazz in overtime, too. And you could see that he was just physically exhausted by the end of the game. You can see that he's running out of gas there. And that's okay. I think that'll improve over time, too. What I didn't like was the coaching staff almost mismanaging some of their timeouts and decisions to not get him some extra rest. You know, New Orleans lost some timeouts. You lose timeouts once you hit the two-minute mark, and they go away to kind of speed up the flow of the game at the end. If you don't use them, they're just gone. They're, they're literally called like use-it-or-lose-it timeouts. 
Those might have been good to take to get Zion an extra minute or two of rest just to sit and to keep him a little bit fresher for the fourth quarter and down the stretch. New Orleans also didn't use any of their, 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 any of their challenges. Their challenge in this one. There were a couple of calls. There's one on Devin Booker where it looked like maybe he shoved off Dyson Daniels and then ma- made the shot and proceeded to stare Dyson Daniels down. You know, could you have challenged that? Yeah. And if you lose that challenge, you know, at the very least, worst case is you get Zion some rest while they review that. There was another block charge call that might have taken a little while for the refs to review. So it could have been good to challenge that play just so that you get Zion some rest, not using some of those timeouts and letting them vanish. I don't love seeing that when that really would have helped keep Zion fresh and probably then lets you go a little bit more point Zion late in the fourth quarter. That's the way to do this. We definitely know that point Zion is the answer. I understand you can't do it when he's exhausted and maybe just needs a play to catch his breath. And you could see his handle getting a little bit looser as the game went on. And he did everything he could. This isn't a knock on Zion. In the fourth quarter, he had 18 points and played all 12 minutes. He was seven of seven, right? He was excellent in that. I'm not going to complain about anything when it comes to that. His defense was good. He was scoring. But find ways to to get him some extra rest so that he can be as fresh as possible coming down the stretch to you know help this team win that game. It, it, it was a frustrating loss. There's a lot that goes into it. You had CJ McCollum get hot to start, do really well in the first half of this game, 24 points, but only three points the rest of the way, one of six shooting. You know, finding ways to play more of a two-man game with him and Zion and get him some easy looks would be good. There's, you know, questions of why you only played Trey Murphy eight minutes in the second half. His defense wasn't good, but maybe his length would have been important out there. Figuring out some of the rotations a little bit. You know, playing nine guys in the fourth quarter, I don't know if that's necessarily ideal. It was more than nine guys. It was ten guys in the fourth quarter. I don't know if that's ideal, even when some of them are like a minute or two here and there. Really kind of getting that rotation drilled down to what would help you win would have been good too. It was nice to see CJ explode in the first half though when they really needed him to and then Zion take over in the second half and go get 24 of his points and he finished the night with 30. So six points first half, 24 in the second, you know, realized he was helping the team in the beginning and then doing everything he could to help this team by just taking over and scoring was great. They need to find the right balance of it. You know, getting more shooters out there in the fourth quarter to drain some threes and to keep the defense honest would have been good too. New Orleans in the fourth quarter only t- um, only made one three. They were one of five. The Phoenix Suns were three of ten. You got to at least think about doing more. And I don't know if New Orleans has a ton of answers to, you know, generating a ton of more three point looks. Trey Murphy, though, in the fourth quarter, 34 seconds, maybe a little bit more would have been a useful thing. It was a frustrating loss. Let me know what you think was the number one thing. Was it the refs? Was it defensive rebounding? Was it just defense on Devin Booker? Was this just one of those ones where Booker does that and what are you going to do? Let me know in the comments down below on YouTube. And that's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all so much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all tomorrow. Enjoy the game tonight against the Milwaukee Bucks.